The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? This is our off-season finale episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Thanks so much for coming back in one last time before training camp gets started. Rookies report on Saturday, veterans report on Monday the 25th, and then we are off and running. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a break after this until we have our first preseason game, I believe on the 14th or so of August. Uh, I believe it's the, I think it's the Titans or somebody. I, I don't really know. It's it's the preseason. Who cares? But it's it's those, uh, those fun, the 12th, actually. August the 12th is when the, that first game is. So... You know, we'll be taking a little break until that weekend. We'll do our preseason review episodes, and then before you know it, it will be time for the uh, the regular reviews and previews uh, for the season as week one, the Bears hosting Green Bay will, uh, will join us, or will start. And uh, speaking of joining us, we have a very special guest uh, for this episode. It's Adam Rank. From the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank and the NFL Network, of course. Uh, Adam Rank, a dyed-in-the-wool Bears fan, uh, has been, uh, I think, his whole life. That's the one question I didn't ask him, was how it was a California-bred, born-and-bred guy is uh, uh, such a, a big Bears fan. Um, that's the one question I didn't get to ask him. We're very short on time, so it's not this you know, long, you know, 60 to 80 minute interview. I would have loved to have been able to do that. Just wasn't possible this time, but I did get a good 30, 35 minutes uh, out of him. We covered a lot uh, in that time talking about, you know, position battles. And we even threw in a little fantasy there uh, at the end, talked about what, how wide open the division is and, and everything else. It was really, you know, comprehensive conversation for the time uh, that we had. And I just, you know, enjoyed every second of being able to, uh, to talk to him, we even covered his feelings on uh, hard knocks and and uh, the state of the running back position uh, in the league. So since the Bears are kind of following uh, that template, that the um, you know, and, and I don't I don't have any beef with the players. Then obviously this is something that's very close to the vest for them, and and you know they want to be able to to make money, especially these guys playing this position that is so hard on their bodies. They don't have the long careers that a lot of other players. Uh, can enjoy because of the punishment that they take. Uh, while at the same time, we all happen to be fans of a franchise that is following the modern template where you don't have to go all in on a running back because you can find Khalil Herbert in the sixth round or Rashawn Johnson in the fourth or Tariq Cohen, how, you know, Jordan Howard in the fifth round and so on. And so Dave Montgomery in the third and, uh, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting debate that's going on right, right now. And I don't think there's any right or wrong answer it's just the the proof is in the pudding as far as why NFL teams are conducting themselves the way they are and why it's so hard for running backs to secure the bag that they deserve and um, you know it sucks but that's just unfortunately the way it is right now I mean even even Saquon Barkley himself tweeted out it is what it is after the franchise deadline came through without a deal uh, on Monday so we did cover a lot uh, with Adam I loved having him on the show so let's go ahead and get into it this is the Adam Rank episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone and 
right, so here we are. Uh, the man himself has come to join us here, the Bearsock Underground. It's Adam Rank from the NFL Network. Adam, thanks so much for joining us, sir. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back with you. So, Adam, um, quite an interesting season we had in 2022. I'd say it is like the weirdest season for a particular fan base to have with us going 3-14, and 14, having the worst record in the league, and yet by the end of 2022, we weren't ready to all shoot ourselves and thank God it was over. You know, with everything we saw from Justin Fields and uh, and everything, the the progress that we had there, the knowing going into 2022, the 2023 was what we were all looking forward to with the salary cap space and all the draft picks instead of the the, the bare cupboard that Ryan Pace uh, left behind. You know, it was it was such a unique season and and was even made more unique by the off season that we've had. Yeah, it was really interesting because. For so many years, the Bears' defense had made us competitive, winning some games, scuffling, hovering around the 500 mark. I mean, in the Super Bowl era, actually, I think uh, you have to go back to the 30s, the last time the Bears held the number one overall selection. And obviously, we didn't pick number one overall because we moved that to get DJ Moore and an assortment of other draft selections. Right. So it was it was really interesting having a team that you felt really good about but was losing. Yeah, it's usually the reverse. Like we're winning and we don't feel good about it because we know it's garbage. But this was like, ah, we feel like we've got a lot of pieces. And I think the biggest reason why was Justin Fields coming off that game against the commanders where you're like, that was such a winnable game. It was a Thursday night game. We're wearing the orange uniforms. Uh, You know, my my guy Bayless, uh, unfortunately, made a mistake that cost us. Darnell Mooney could not convert at the goal line. And you're like, this sucks. Like, what a terrible situation. And then they go out and just smoke, smoke the Patriots on Monday yeah. Night Football, fully unla- unleash Justin Fields. And at that point, we had confident, like confidence of like, well, this, this offense is now going to be catered towards Justin Fields. We're going to let him go out there and do his thing. It's only a matter of can the defense keep up, which they couldn't. But at some point, you're like, well, let's just play for the draft pick now. And uh, could not have worked itself out in a better position to go into the offseason with the number one pick, all that cap space, and nothing but optimism. Yeah, and, and not to mention that, that good old Lovey gave us uh, one, more, one more gift out the door, uh, you know, le- ending up uh, leaving Houston uh, and, every, and everything, which, was, which is just uh, bananas. Yeah, thanks, thanks to that well-run organization at Houston <laughs> for going out there. Two coaches and fired in two years. Lovey Smith knowing that he was not going to be given an op- like just wasn't really given an opportunity. Yeah, to, he there's nothing he could have done. Like I, I think they were going to move on from him regardless, and so he went out there and gave the ultimate fu to that organization and uh, gave us the number one pick. And I hope that you know I hope I like C.J. Stroud, so I hope he's good. But at the same time, I hope they miss out on Bryce Young forever, and uh, it costs them. Yeah. That was, uh, you know, quite the interesting thing for it to, to, to go the way it did for the for the because I didn't think there was any way going into the 2022. A lot of experts felt the Bears were going to be uh, oh, I was know, the, a, a top a top five team. And I was like, there's no way that that happens. And Justin Fields is still our quarterback at the end of it. We're we're yeah. we're for sure talking about Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whoever the quarterback of the moment is when the draft comes around, if we end up three and 14 like everybody says and that's what made 2022 so weird is that we got to have our cake and eat it too we got to see our our progress from our young quarterback while also being the worst team in the league and earning a number one pick 
Yeah, that's you know what? It's a model for other teams to to follow now. I was thinking about the Indianapolis Colts, and I was going back and forth with Pat McAfee on Twitter about like, listen, the only thing that Colts really need to worry about this season is if and Anthony Richardson is a good player and if he can develop. Because I think if you're a Colts fan right now, I would look at what the Colts or what the Bears did last season and be like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I want Anthony Richardson to go out there, rush for a thousand yards, be fantastic, be in all these high scoring games ultimately lose trade off all your high because they you know pat had pointed out that they have so many high contracts like getting rid of a lot of those guys and just like all right maybe not quentin nelson but like some of these other high price guys that they got just like sell them off get DeForest buckner like get rid of them and uh accumulate a lot of picks possibly be in play for the number one pick in the draft and then if they did knowing that there's two great quarterbacks who are going to be in the draft next season, even probably better than the guys for this year, being able to sell them off for multiple picks. I think that's now a blueprint for a lot of these teams to rebuild of like, have a good quarterback still. It is, you know, having your uh, eating your cake and having it too, as you said. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Cardinals are going to end up doing. They're in a, Oh God, they they could be, they could be historically bad. Yeah. And you know, and then not only that, they could keep the pick for themselves mm-hmm. and, and trade off Kyler Murray because I'm sure somebody who's at the back end of a of a of the of the draft who's getting by with a quarterback will be like, well, I'll take a chance on Kyler Murray. So we, we head into training camp as we talk here on the on the 19th. Rookies report on Saturday, the 22nd. Veterans report next Monday on the on the 25th. Um, you know, it's finally happening. 2023 season is just on the on the cusp here. What do you think are some of the more interesting position battles we have in camp this year? Well, one of the things I really like, let's start with the offense, is that we have an offensive line that I feel is set at the moment. Last yeah. year at this point, we know we didn't know where Tevin Jenkins was. Yeah. And there was speculation that he was going to be traded, that they'd already worked out a deal with somebody. I think it was Adam Schefter. Be like, oh, yeah, they're getting rid of him. We didn't see him. You know, we, it was August. I was there. I was at uh, Hallis Hall in August. We still hadn't even seen Tevin Jenkins. And, of course, he eventually returns and he plays right guard and he ends up being really good, perhaps our best offensive lineman. But now this year, all that feels set. Like, it feels like we have a set offensive line. Braxton Jones is going to be the left tackle. Because even last year, when Braxton Jones was lining up at left tackle, people were like, well, they're just trying it out. Yeah, We're just seeing what it's like. No, no, no. They had had that designed. So he's at left tackle. Tevin Jenkins is at left guard. We got Cody Whitehair playing probably his best position at center. He went to a Pro Bowl. Went to a Pro Bowl as a center. Yeah, He's logged a lot of snaps at center. Mm -hmm. Then you have Nate Davis, who played right guard for the Tennessee Titans, blocked for Derrick Henry. And then our first first overall draft pick, Darnell Wright, uh, is going to be our right tackle. So it's seal set. The other, it's the other part of the offense outside of Justin Fields, of course, where we just don't know. We know that DJ Moore is going to be the number one and Darnell Mooney's there and Chase Claypool. And we feel like Tyler Scott, those four guys are locks. Now, I know that some people have kissed Equinemius St. Brown into a locked position. I'm not ready to make that declaration yet, but it's like Equinemius, Dante Pettis, my guy, Velas Jones Jr. Yeah. These guys are going to be competing for that fifth and sixth receiver spot and even some other guys who are undrafted who could come in. The running back position, far from settled. Right. We love Khalil Herbert. Leo Herbert's like he's shown flashes last year, made a start, rushed for 100 yards. Uh, Roshan Johnson, a lot of people love him, especially in the fantasy community. And then we have Deontay Foreman, 
who last year rushed for 100 yards in five games after taking over for Christian McCaffrey last season. The Bears as a team had five games where they rushed for over 100 yards. Justin Fields had three of them. So those, so it's the, it's the five, five and six wide receiver and the running back room, which to me, that feels very interesting. But there's again, a lot of optimism of like any, like I'm just excited to see how this is going to play out. And it's nice to have a little bit of depth that in case something eventually happens, and even on the offensive line, yeah, you know, Larry Borum is still like, he's still on the team, right? We still have Alex Leatherwood, right? Like we still have uh, Lucas Patrick, like Jesus, like we have some guys who can step in and play. We're not counting on them to play. And at some point, somebody's going to have to, somebody that we don't want out there is or not that we don't want them. It's not like last year, right? But it's, you know, we, we have some depth and it's nice. And I think that Ryan Poles needs to be commended for some actual roster building over the last couple of months. Yeah, it's it's been um, – because I know that he took a lot of flack during free agency because he just didn't empty the bag and go out and get Javon Hargrave and Mike McGlinchey uh, and all that kind of stuff. And instead, like on draft night, I was tweeting out that I, I love the fact that Ryan Pace is, you know, drafting what he refused to overpay for in, in free agency. Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles. What did I say, Pace? Yeah, I still make the mistake too. It's tough. <laughs> it's like still saying Redskins instead of Commanders or oh. San Diego instead of L.A. Uh, kind of thing. But yeah, but it's just that I I, I love that the fact that he wasn't oh he did refuse to overpay. He had a set limit. He was very calculated in what he did in free agency, and then whatever he couldn't pick up in free agency, he seemed to go after in the draft. And obviously, the one omission being the edge rusher uh, in that. But hopefully, Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson and those guys are are going to step up and help us out there on the defensive line. And I still wouldn't rule out a potential deal at some point. Again, going back right. and talking about the Indianapolis Colts, who could at some point, because as Pat McAfee said, you know, they've got a lot of big contracts that they don't need for a team in their position. Like you cannot be with a rookie quarterback like this and think to yourself, like we need these big contracts. You got to, you got to shut them. I mean, like Ryan Poles last year did a great job. Like he got to kept Bobby Quinn, Khalil Mack, um, I'm forgetting Roquan. somebody, Roquan Smith, and, you know, traded them or kept them and then tried to be competitive. And even if they had stayed, like with Justin Fields playing as well as he did, this team would have been maybe a six-win team, maybe a seven-eight-win team. They were in a lot of contests. Yeah. What would, it have, what would it have done for us long-term other than delay the inevitable? And I think that eventually pulling off the Band-Aid, you know, the Bears were able to go out and turn Roquan Smith into multiple players um, going out, getting Tremaine Edwins, who I don't think is a downgrade at all, right. getting TJ Edwards, allowing Jack Sanborn the opportunity to play, even go out there and drafting Noah Sewell, who could at some point, you know, you talk about the defensive end position, even though he's listed as a linebacker, I think that he could eventually be a pass rusher for us. Uh, we got Tyreek Stevenson, mm-hmm. who will probably be one of the outside corners, a lot opposite of Jalen Johnson, which will allow Kyler Gordon to stay at the very important nickel position. Right. So I think that you know we're we're in a spot to where we built we we got the depth we we built some depth, and now maybe as soon as this season, I, I think it's more of a twenty twenty four thing, but now we can be in a spot where hey, if there's a team. Like if the Rams have decided, ah, we don't need Aaron Donald anymore. <laughs> maybe you're in the mix for that. Like maybe that's a little too pie in the sky. But like, sure. look at what Miami did. Look what Miami did this year. 
going out and getting Jalen Ramsey. Like they're close enough to compete. So that's what you want for the Bears. And at some point, it, it might prove itself at the deadline. But again, it might be a 2024 thing. But it's like we're going to eventually be in that spot to where we're now picking on the team that's trying to offload some of their contracts. And it's a good position to be in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've what I've been saying, you know, during this offseason with the moves that Ryan Poles made is that, uh, you know, coming from Kansas City and the long term success that they had, he isn't building this team to, to just win in 2023. He wants to still be winning in 2033. And, yeah. you know, like we, if we ever move into that new stadium, wherever it is, Arlington Heights or, or Rosemont or, or wherever it ends up being, he wants to put a championship team in that state of the art stadium. No, for sure. And it's going to get done. It's going to go to Arlington Heights. I tell anybody who, uh, who is interested that it's, it's running very similar to what Stan Kroenke did with the, uh, what, what eventually became SoFi Stadium. Like yeah. he purchased that land while the team was still in St. Louis was like, I don't know. We're, we're just real estate developers. I don't know. <laughs> um, obviously a stadium was going there. Obviously a stadium will get built at Arlington Heights. It's just a matter of them coming together. Now Kroenke had a little bit of an advantage because he is not only one of the richest persons in the world on his own, he is married into one of the richest families in the world as well. So I think that the Bears might eventually, maybe they have to take on an equity partner or something like that. I don't know. It'll get done. It'll be at Arlington Heights, and it'll be fantastic. But again, this team is being built for success. Like, it would have been very easy uh, to go out there and be like, okay, well, let's let's throw $80 million at Mike McGlinchey, mm-hmm. like the Denver Broncos did. I'm not saying that uh, Mike McGlinchey is fine. He's a fine player. Yeah. But I don't know that he's I don't know that he's worth it value-wise compared to getting Darnell Wright. Yeah. And so, you know, Denver was kind of forced into that position because they've been trading away picks for their quarterback and their head coach. Right. The Bears have been accumulating picks and still getting the guy that they <laughs> needed that still will end up being. So, it's not you just because you have all that money. I've got a gift card for Roger Dunn Golf Shop, I don't need to go spend all $300 of this right now. I can spend a little bit here and there. I need some golf balls. I'll go spend 40 bucks here. I'll do this there. Maybe at some point I'll want to get a push cart and we'll be able to spend a little bit of that capital. But go. for right now, I'm good. Like, I don't need it. I'm, I'm okay. You're all set on shoes and you got shirts and stuff like that. You oh, plenty of stuff. Play. I'm good, yeah. So speaking of, 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 of drama, the, the, the NFL finally announced the Jets are the Hard Knocks team after weeks and months of, of speculation and teams not wanting to do it. Were you hoping that they would just say the Bears were going to be that team? Because I would love to see them on Hard Knocks. I would, too. I don't think of it as a detriment at all. I think it would be fantastic. I would like an inside, behind-the-scenes peek. I think with, when the Bears produce those 1920 videos, yeah, like so it's good. very interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. And every time that I brought this up, that I was like, I wish we would be on hard knocks. It's always some old guy coming out of the woodwork who I don't even know how they have a Twitter. I guess old people use Twitter. Like, God, I don't want the distraction. Yeah. I don't want, I've been a personal trainer for 80 years. And if somebody had a camera in my face while I was trying to do my job, I would hate that. I'm like, okay, old man, like go back, go back to sandwich and <laughs> go sit at the bar, have an old style because these kids today yeah. have grown up with their lives on social media. Yeah. Like I know everything that every Bears player has been doing this offseason because they've documented it themselves on Instagram, 
on TikTok or whatever it is. I know, listen, I know where Valus Jones vacations. Mm-hmm. I know that Jaquan Brisker was, well, he, I was, I was with him in, in Pittsburgh over the weekend, but like, I know because they do it themselves. These kids are not phased by that stuff, right? They grew up with it. It is not a detriment. And if anything, it makes the bears look cool. Like rarely rare are the cases yeah. where teams go on to hard knocks and you come away being like, Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Maybe the Falcons, the Falcon, I, our own Dan Hansis once put out like the Falcons were kind of that way. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But like, remember last year, Detroit, Yeah. like everybody was rooting for the Lions. People didn't talk smack on the lions at all because they love them from hard knocks. Mm-hmm. And I think with the personalities that we have, uh, people would have grown to have loved a lot of the Chicago bears. Now, Matt Eberflus, when the cameras are on is uh, not the most loquacious and he's very not dodgy, but he's very close to the best. Sure. Oh, you, you get Eberflus by himself. Like him and I had a conversation last year uh, before we did an interview, like his daughter graduated from Chapman university which is where I'm a, a guest lecturer. So we were talking about that. He's like, where do you live? He's like, oh, do you ever go to the sugar shack? Do you ever do? Bah, it was so great. And then the light comes on and he's just like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Eber, <laughs> Eber flows. Um, so that you run a risk for that. But I think with so many of the great personalities that we have on this Bears team, that we would have become America's sweethearts. People would have rooted for us. Perhaps people wouldn't be so mean about us on the, uh, the social media channels, but, you know, it is what it is, and I think that the McCaskey family still pulls a lot of weight in NFL circles. We're going to go to the playoffs this year, so we're not even going to be eligible for hot knocks, Yeah, and it's going to be a bummer. That's why I was most bummed. It's like with what we have coming ahead, right? I don't think we're going to be eligible for hard knocks next year, and hopefully not for a really long time. This, If there was a time to do it, this was it. So, yeah, we better not be eligible for quite some time. Right, amen. But speaking of the, the Lions – how are you feeling about them this year? Because on paper, I see what they have. I saw the progress that they made, but they're still in prove it mode for me because they're still the Lions. And much like our beloved Chicago Bears, we don't exactly have a recent history for stringing successful seasons together. So I believe that the Lions are capable of what everyone is predicting, but I'm going to have to see them do it before I become a believer. I will say this about the Lions outside of the Kansas City Chiefs. Nobody had a better end of their season than the Detroit Lions. You went out there, you won nine games. People loved you. You kept the Packers out of the playoffs. You, like, I'm to the point of jealousy of like, oh, that would have been fun to be that nine win team that knocked off the Packers, sent them home, sent Aaron Rodgers to the Jets of all teams. Great way to end the season, but people are way too hyper on the Detroit Lions, even with as many questions that they have. Now they've made some changes and they've made some improvements, but at the same time, they're still the Lions and there's a lot of things going on. I thought that like getting rid of Jamal Williams, I thought that was an odd move. Like he's not going to go out and lead the NFL in touchdowns again, but like he was like sort of the heart and soul of that team. And now you're expecting Jared Goff to be this guy who just, he's, he's just an excellent quarterback now. Is that what we're to believe? I think that you can still go out and frustrate this team. And so I'm I'm curious, and we'll see week one. They're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. and Andy Reid does not play around. Yeah, Andy Reid comes out prepared, and he's always great in week one. He's always great coming out of the bye weeks. He's always great in between the time. Like why it was shocking that the Kansas City Chiefs lost the Super Bowl a couple of years ago is that 
he's always great when you give him a, a lot of time to prepare. Yeah. And I know as well as anybody that he's not going to go out there and let the Detroit Lions just sneak up on him. This feel-good team from last year is not going to get over. I, I think that the Lions have a real opportunity of being embarrassed, and I hope that they are, and I hope it brings them back to reality. That team was 2-6 and six at some point. They yeah. put together a nice stretch. My hat's off to them. But I am not ready to just kiss them into this, oh, of course, of course they're going to win the division. Like, why am, I, why am I conceding that to the Lions? They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Right. Even with nine teams making or seven teams making the playoffs, they weren't one of them. Right. So I'm not ready to make that declaration. Yeah. And but speaking of our, of our division, is, is this the most wide open it's been uh, in a long time? Because the last time I can think of uh, of a team or, or a division that could go either way with, with all four teams right now was probably like in the 90s when four of the five NFC Central teams made We're the good, playoffs. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, all four of the five teams made the playoffs that year. It's like I don't – I don't foresee all four teams making the playoffs, but maybe like we're the we're the 2023 NFC East, where for a good portion of the season it looks like the four of us might squeeze in there somehow. Yeah, even if even if none of us are like really that great, I think that all of us, because teams hovering around 500, will be in the playoff mode for a long time or the playoff mix for a long time. There's there's a case to be made for every single team, Minnesota despite the fact that they've lost like every single one of their cornerbacks, Eric Hendricks is in Los Angeles. They still won a lot of games last year and you could call it fluky. And I think that there is going to be some sort of regression. Like you, you can't win all those one score games, but still they won them and they're a talented team and they've got Justin Jefferson. So you can't really dismiss them. I think Detroit, like as much as we want to be dismissive of them, they still have talent. Yeah. They still, they could do it. They proved it last year. So that's fine. The green Bay Packers, you know, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is gone, still have nine first-round picks on that defensive side of the football, that if they became this squad that ran the ball and just played good defense, they could conceivably get in there. And, of course, the Bears could track similar to the Philadelphia Eagles last year or maybe closer to what the Lions did, a talented team that's going to be improving. So every one of these teams and every one of these fan bases should be going into this season believing that their team – is going to be the team that emerges. Everybody has a, a great argument for it and a real argument, not in a Daniel Jones is arguably the best running quarterback in the NFL, which is some of the stupidest ass I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and just league wide, there's been a big debate, especially as of, you know, this past Monday when the franchise deadline came through, you know, where do you, where do you land on this, on the bait with, with the running backs and how they're valued and, uh, and things like that. Because I think the running back position is obviously still important. I just think that over time, you know, front offices have learned that you don't have to go all in on a Christian McCaffrey when Khalil Herbert's sitting there in the sixth round. Or, you know, I mean, the Bears would be, uh, you know, the, the key franchise to follow if you're looking for, you know, a case that uh, you don't have to go all in on a first-round pick uh, for a running back and pay him $15 million a season because we keep finding Rashawn Johnson's and Tariq Cohen's and Jordan Howard's and David Montgomery's on day three. I mean, that's a lot of positions. I mean, now like you're undervaluing almost everything outside a quarterback, you need a quarterback, a number one wide receiver and a corner. And that's how you build your team. And then you look at what the Rams did a couple of years ago, they got Stafford, they got Cooper cup, they got Jalen Ramsey. Obviously Aaron Donald was in there too. So yeah. perhaps you need one, you need one wild card, but yeah, there's really no reason to go out there and 
spend a lot of money. And it sucks. I mean, it really does. Like, if you think back to Walter Payton, you know, had Walter Payton been playing in the modern – well, had mod, if, had Walter Payton been a modern and a football player, I think at Jackson State he would have played quarterback. It would probably be an NFL quarterback somewhere – yeah, because um, he could throw the football. Like yes, we saw that he could. Th- we saw that he could throw the football. There's, there's even the joke that I often make of like the three best quarterbacks of my lifetime have been Cutler, McMahon, and Walter, Walter Payton, Payton on the halfback yeah. on the halfback option. So like he would be, but at the same time, like the Bears would have let him go after 1980. Yeah. Like they would have drafted him in '75. They would have paid that. So he was a first round pick. So they would have got five years out of him, maybe franchise him for one season. And then in 1981, he walks away and he goes to the what San Francisco 49ers, helps them win a couple of Super Bowls. Perhaps he gets a Super Bowl touchdown. Who knows? Yeah, that's the way that the NFL works now. And with these running backs like Austin Eckler was like, I want to be paid. And the Chargers are like, no, they're like, OK, well, then trade me. I'm like, well, we want three first round picks for you. I'm like, well, how is that possible? Like, yeah. obviously, I'm very valuable to you that you don't want to trade me for a six-round pick, but then you don't want to pay me. And I don't know how to solve it. I think people smarter than me need to figure this out. And maybe it's an NFL, you know, a players association. But it's hard because the NFL Players Association is not going to go and, like, value one position group over another. Right. And then it could really – and it's really difficult. And then, of course, you get the people who are just like, ah, oh, you should just be happy to play football. Like, you under – like, people need to understand that the the money for salaries – does not come from uh, like us in a way. Like it comes from the television contracts, mm-hmm. and the players have worked very hard to just split those equally, like to get their fair share of it. Because if it was up to the owners, you would get a pittance, like the way that the NFL worked for so many years. Yeah, and so like you're not like I don't know why everybody always roots for management. Like why are you rooting for the corporations? Why are you rooting for management? Like why why are you rooting for laundry? Like we should want these guys to get paid. And it's a big bummer, and it's a reason why we have so much turnover year after year is because you have to strategically get rid of players where you're like, well, like it's not worth it to keep them because, like you said, like why are we, why are we paying David Montgomery this money when we could go out and get Roshan Johnson and, and Deontay Foreman? Or like we couldn't pay Roquan Smith because we wanted to go out and get T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds and everybody like that. Like we, we should want to be paying everybody. But uh, it's just the way that the world works, and it's unfortunate. And I think that running backs, like if you're if you're a if you're a skilled athlete coming up through the high school ranks, like I would not, I would not like you're not playing running back. Yeah, get out of there. Go play wide receiver. Go play tight end. Tight ends aren't even asked to to block anymore. Like if Matt Forte was coming up in the NFL right now, like maybe he would still play running back. But he's so tall, like he could have been a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. He could have been a he could have been a like put on a couple more pounds and been a tight end, a non blocking tight end like you would expect from Dalton Kincaid or somebody like Travis. Kel- like he's not quite as big as Travis Kelsey, but like he would have been he would have been a wide receiver. Like there's no reason for you to play running back, and we're going to see that. And you know the NFL is becoming like positionless in a way. We see it a lot yeah. on the defensive side of the ball, although the Bears are kind of a throwback where there's a lot of base being played, but like. Yeah, like you just have guys who play football. Like it's a, it's a, you're playing on the bat on a, on a blacktop somewhere, playing on a field and just <laughs> positionless football. Yeah. So as we wrap things up here, uh, Adam, uh, thanks so much uh, for coming in. Uh, you're, the, you're the fantasy guy. Who outside of guys not named Justin Fields or DJ Moore should you be looking at in your fantasy drafts this year? 
Well, I just picked up Roshan Johnson because I wanted to make sure that I had him on my lineup. Uh, I'm rolling the dice. Don't don't let any of those three running backs for the Chicago Bears escape your draft on the waiver wire. You want to have at least one of them because we don't know who is going to be that guy. Right. And again, like make a, when it comes down to position battles, I think that it's real easy to make a position argument for any one of those three guys coming through. You probably won't want, and this hurts me to say, uh, you probably won't won't, won't want to draft Cole Komet because I don't think he's going to get the volume. And when Bob Tunyon started running around with number 18, it's like, oh, we know who the pass catcher is now. <laughs> Cole Komet's going to be that gritty third down guy who makes annoying re- annoying to other teams. Yeah, uh, Makes receptions, moves the sticks. If you're in a point per first down league, I think Cole Komet could be very valuable. I don't know what happens when it gets into the red area. Is he going to be the guy that they target? It'll be interesting to see that the way this plays out. But um, but I think the running backs don't 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 let it don't don't leave without at least one of those running backs and don't let one of those guys be on the waiver wire uh, when you're finishing your fantasy draft. All right, and then Adam, finally, um, Florida ceiling. Where do you have the Bears this year? Because I, I saw your video online. I think you had them what twelve and five, thirteen and four, something whatever. Like that. What do you have them? 12- uh, Go ahead. And double digit double digit wins is really reasonable given the schedule yeah. and like the teams that are playing. Like they could easily like they should go four and two in the division. I think they could sweep the Packers or at least three and three. There's a lot of winnable games out there. They got games against the Panthers. They got what you would call a fourth place schedule. So there's a lot of opportunities for wins. A lot of teams that the Bears match up well with. Even last season, playing against some of the playoff teams like the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins, they were not out of those games by any stretch of the imagination. If there is just a marginal improvement defensively, the Bears should be looking at double-digit wins. And then it could also go horribly wrong, where perhaps this team doesn't learn how to win, and they're not clutch. And because their defense isn't as strong as you would like it to be, they end up losing a lot of shootouts again. So there is a real wide range of uh, of possibilities, but I think if as long as there's no major injuries, that this Bears team is going to contend for the NFC North title and should be approaching double digit wins. Yeah, because I, I think my my floor to ceiling had like you said a, a, such a wide range. I think my my range was six to twelve, like somewhere, yeah. which means that you know probably somewhere nine to ten is probably where it's gonna gonna land, or so you would hope. But uh, yeah, for sure, that's kind of where I was. Uh, thinking adam thanks so much for joining us man i really appreciate you coming on the show where can we find you on social media where can we find your podcast uh you can find me at adam rank on most of the social media handles unless you go to instagram where it's at adam rank nfl uh of course we have the sick podcast with adam rank we do that we do a talk take it to the rank every tuesday night which is a live stream and once the season kicks off and perhaps as we get closer to training camp we will start doing our second show we're working on uh, this season, bringing in a member of the Chicago Bears who is hopefully going to sign on to be with us for the entirety of the year. Can't nice. really give that away just yet. But uh, and we're also, and like I said, over the weekend, I was with Jacon Brisker at the Three Rivers Softball Classic. So, of course, hopefully he, I promised him because he was, because we're both left-handed. Uh, he was using my left-handed softball glove. And I said, because you're doing this, you need to come out of the podcast. He said, bet. So uh, hopefully he'll be on very short, nice. very shortly. Nice. Thank you, Adam, so much for uh, for coming on the uh, the show. Hope to talk to you again real soon. All right, Larry, thank you so much. Uh, great seeing you, and bear down, everybody. Bear down.
Man, oh man, that was fun to be able to to chop it up with uh, professional broadcasters uh, is a lot of fun, and uh, you know to feel like you're in the conversation with them, you know, just to be honest with you, uh, is quite that's uh, uh, validating if you don't, if I don't say so my, if I do say so myself. But uh, really enjoyed having him on. Hope to have him on again sometime uh, in the future. Hopefully, we won't wait four years like we did uh, last time. Because uh, I think the last time I had him on was in 2019. And, uh, you know, he's very responsive, and I enjoyed having him on. And uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to uh, talk to him. I, I think I've said that 85 times now. But uh, anyway, great conversation with Adam. And now we close the book on the off season because the season begins this weekend. Rookies report on Saturday. The veterans show up on Monday. Training camp will be underway, and it will be here before you know it. In a few short weeks, we'll be talking about preseason games and, and getting our first look at DJ Moore in a bear uniform. Hopefully they do play him so we can actually see it before week one and uh, see what this team is, uh, is going to present to us, even though we know it's going to be a very guarded account uh, of what we can look forward to uh, this year. But uh, guys, thanks so much for, for riding with me through this offseason uh, series. Uh, it's good to be back and, and healthy and, and all that kind of stuff with, uh, you know, what cost me the end of the 2022 season. Not that we all missed very much, but, um, you know, it's, I'm very, very excited, uh, about this season. Like you've been hearing me talk to, especially to our NFC North guys, uh, to Lauren and Jeremy, Evan and, and, and Chris. And then even here, uh, with Adam today, it's as wide open an NFC North division as we've had in, in many, many, many years where literally you can make a case for every single one of the teams in the division to win the division uh, this year. It might also help propel multiple teams from the North to make the playoffs this year, as opposed to last year where it was just the Vikings uh, that made it. And I I just think it's going to be a very exciting season and uh, hopefully a lot of fun to watch because last year was interesting. I even, you know, you, you guys heard me say right off the top, with Adam, what a weird year it was for us as a fan base. Hopefully we don't have one of those, you know, hopefully we can have an eat your cake, have your cake and eat it two season where we're, we're seeing progress being made by the team and getting the wins uh, to show for that progress uh, as well, as opposed to seeing progress out of Justin Fields, the most important player on the roster. But, you know, the defense was weak and we didn't have much of a supporting cast. So, you know, either the defense couldn't stop him or we couldn't score enough to beat him kind of thing. Hopefully this year we'll be able to bridge that gap and win some of those close games that we lost last year. So, guys, that's going to do it for the 2023 offseason. The next time we talk, it'll be preseason. We're talking about the Bears in their first uh, preseason game. Let me dig it up real quick who that actually is because I don't seem to remember right now. It is Tennessee. It's the Titans at Soldier Field, so Saturday, August 12th at noon. That's nice. Uh, Bears, Titans, then we're at Indianapolis for week two, and then home for Buffalo to close it out. And then that's that new two-week break from the last preseason game to the first week one uh, matchup, and uh, we'll be off and running after that. So you guys will be hearing from me the weekend of August 12th to review that Bears-Titans game. What did we see from the team, if anything, especially in a first uh, preseason game, and what can we look forward to going forward? So, guys, thanks so much. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks, and until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been 
the Bears Talk Underground.